This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Kathy Worthington. Welcome to Late Boomers. Today we have as our special guest, Lee Tran, a TEDx speaker and keynote speaker, a transformation coach, and author of her memoir, I Did Not Miss the Boat. During the COVID lockdown in March 2020, Lee also started a Facebook live stream to feature her guests' thriving stories. My co-host, Mary Elkins, and I were guests on her Facebook Live Thriving Conversations this week. And yes, we were, and I'm Mary Elkins. And Lee was a Vietnam War survivor and penniless boat people refugee who graduated from Villanova University, a female scientist turned business owner. Lee continues to break one glass ceiling after another by inspiring her audience to get out of their molds so they can rock the boat of their lives with intention and purpose. Welcome, Lee. Well, thank you, Mary and Kathy. It's such an honor to be here with you. Great to have you. And tell us about your early years and background and how old you were when the Vietnam War upended your family and country. Well, it's a long story. That's why I had to put it out in the book. But in the short version is uh, when I was 12 years old. And that's when my world kind of crumbling because the North uh, Vietnam communists start take over the South. And that's where we were in Saigon. And um, once they got in, the four years from 12 to 16 years old, those are my upside down world. Mm. Growing up as a teenager, that's really tough being a minority um, in that country. We're Chinese. That's why the, the subtitle of the book is Hua. Hua means they call us Chinese Hua people, not HOA. <laughs> so a lot of people think that's HOA, but Hua <laughs> means Chinese people in Vietnamese. Oh. And um, uh-huh. so we were targeted as uh, capitalists. And they, um, at one period of time, they were having people just come and ransack our home, take inventory of everything. And there's a lot of people got disappeared in the middle of the night. And you don't know what happened, but you don't dare to ask. So those four years was really rough for my family. And I would say that for the entire population in South Vietnam, but I think the worst are the Chinese minority being targeted. So uh, by 1978, 79, that's when the, the Vietnam uh, upper border with China had conflict. And now the Chinese in Vietnam's gotten even more scrutinized because they didn't know who to trust. And they think now some of the Chinese people might have been spy or uh, espionage from from China. So the treatment is like extra tight. Mm. 
And um, the best thing is to just give us a chance by taking our money and say, you can sail to the sea. And if you die, that's your problem. And if you get caught, you can buy your way out again. But it's like a semi-legal exodus. So a massive of Chinese were taking that advantage to sail out to the sea. And so that was my family. My dad did that. And uh, he, he built a boat underground to take 502 people out to uh, the vast South China Sea. Oh, he was geez. quite the explorer and the discoverer to well, do that for you guys. Yeah. I think, you know, desperate, uh, what did they say? Uh, desperate time, take, you, yeah. you take desperate measure, right? So yeah. that's what he did. Um, and hundreds of thousands of people did too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that you have heard the term boat people, and that's uh-huh. what, um, that's an influx of boat people start to come out uh, during that time. She continued to come out into the early 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. What a story. And on that note, I'd love to hear about your book. Please explain to us the title and the subtitle of your book. Yeah, so I, um, I slept on that title for a long time because in every language we have a term, don't miss the boat. Don't miss the boat, right? And, and the underlying is like, don't miss the opportunity. And we have the same thing that in Chinese and Vietnamese, but except we'll say, don't miss the bus, don't miss the dock, don't miss, you know, but it's the same meaning. And I thought, how appropriate was that, that we came out as a boat and I survived through it. I didn't miss it. I mean, lots of people, um, some of my friends and some of the people I know, they keep missing it because they keep get caught or they get conned. When people say, okay, give me the money, I'll give you a passage, but they never did. So many people have like five, seven attempts in order to get out. And my dad was making only one attempt and we were able to get out. Mind you that it was a harrowing trip, seven days on the, the, in the sea. And we got pirated four times uh, in the Gulf of Thailand and we, we made out okay. So for me to survive in America, I certainly didn't miss the boat. But meta- metaphorically, I felt like I missed a lot of boats because the disadvantage uh, that I came from and um, the opportunity that I didn't think that I was worth it or I'm good enough or I have the confidence to grab those opportunities. So for many years, I settled. I settled to be somebody who's average. I settled to be somebody just go cut a check and make a living and just be average like everyone, you know. And it took me a long time to notice that I do have a choice. I live in America. I have a choice to be free. I shouldn't miss that boat. I don't want to wait until I'm in the dead bed and say, all those years, I could have done this and I didn't. So. It took me a while to realize it. And it took me the pandemic to give birth to my book. And I'm so proud to do that because in that book, I was able to go back to find that 16 years old girl that who left Vietnam with her, pa- her parents to, to identify her as uh-huh. a person that she's worth it. She do whatever she wants to do. She has the freedom to do that to tell her that it is okay to be different. It is okay to speak up. It is okay to be 
somebody that to make you happy because you do have a choice. So this book has been a healing book, a book that reconnect me with my roots, uh, a book that to propel me in a way that I didn't think I had the confidence before. And now it came from a background that I was afraid to speak. And now I'm a speaker. I'm a podcaster. And I, I will go to anywhere, anyone who wants me to talk. And I think that was quite a journey that, and I've, I'm glad. And you I did it pretty quickly because you did it since the pandemic started. You did the whole thing, right? Well, I I can't say that quickly. I had been training with Toastmaster for oh. like almost a decade. Ah, okay. And, I, and they've helped the you. the back of my head. But the yes, book was everybody quick. Knows. The book was super yeah, the book quick, was quick uh, even though I sat on it for like almost two decades too. <laughs> and I'm keep, telling, I'm keep telling myself that I can't even string two um, cohesive English together. Who am I to be able to write a book and be an author? You know, you, you tend to put yourself down. And I think many mm-hmm. people out there, if you are listening to this podcast, you have an untold story that that is pressure on your chest. I would urge you just get it off, get it out, let it go, and let that girl, that boy, be free, and just tell your story. You don't have How to. How do you think, think your parents were so brave to be able to flee Vietnam and their lives there, uh, sure. risking death, and with their daughter and all these other people? How, how do you think they could get to that place? Oh, they were scared. They were scared. But they were desperate, like I would say. You know, either you you rip the Band-Aid and do something different to be able to give the, a future to your children, or you're just going to stay and die a slow death. <laughs> you know, being constrained, being constrict. You can't really trade. You can't do business. And you are in fear all the time that they're going to take you away and then your kid's going to be orphanage. Um, there's so many factors and they change currency. Like, you know, they want to make sure that nobody have a lot of money. So every year or so they would say, okay, every household, now you can just take all your old currency and bring in here and you can have 200 dong for every family. So oh. everybody's going to start from the same back, from the same baseline. Wow. And it's amazing. It. Your, your dad could even build the boat then. Well, it's all underground and it's a really big risk taking um, but mm-hmm. I, I like to tell people that, you know, sometime in life, you have to take risks. You got to yeah. be bold, but do not be reckless. And my dad took a whole year of planning, organizing, orchestrating a army. I mean, he's not alone. He partnered up with the boat, uh, the people, the investors and uh, people who can navigate. So it, it was like a whole circus there. It's not like a one-man band. And mm-hmm. it is huge. But that's why networking is so crucial. And I learned so much from my mom and dad about, you know, all, always, anywhere you go, you make sure you have alignment. You Gee. have people that you can trust. Weren't you afraid for your life in Vietnam, though, and on the boat? Oh, yeah, all the time. I still get PTSD whenever things trigger. Whenever I see a, a piece of news, like last year, it's about Ukraine, and I was just sobbing and crying and crying because it triggers. Yeah. And people like to go to the games and the panic rooms or whatever to unlock whatever. I cannot do this. I mean, 
I will refuse to. I have way too tell too many of those panic moments. I don't need to pay thirty five bucks to go in the room to get panic again. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that what would not be your recreation. <laughs> no, it yeah, doesn't sound like one for anyone, actually. No, no. What but, were the um, most yeah. awful, awful moments on the boat journey when you were escaping? There's many. There's many awful moment. I think one, um, if, if you have not read my book, I would love to have you two read my book, but I don't want to give you all the spoiler alert. Um, but um, mm-hmm. since you asked, I have to say it, but there's, there's a moment that I get separated from my parents. Um, <gasps> from, it was really scary. I mean, getting on the boat was scary. Um, have no food and be starved and, 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 Thirst, you know, it was another scary part, but being separated from my parents, um, from the pirates that they, they have bigger boats and they sandwich out boats and they took my dad on one side, my mom on one side, and I'm on a, another side. That was the most terrifying. And then witnessing that how they violated people on the boat. And that was the biggest fear when I was on the boat. But um, mm. there's many more of the frightful moments uh, afterward that we didn't, I didn't think we're going to make it. There's many moments of uh, the engine broke and we had no food and we just drift on the oceans and the, the boats get a hole. So, you know, but th- those are just the highlights. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't call them highlights. <laughs> Yeah, but I can see but, yeah. what you're going to get when you read this book. I think we yeah. recommend it to everybody. But And how do you think you were able to write this book and tell your story after 40 years of silence? It was really tough. It was really, really hard. But I gave a TEDx talk in 2019, and I had a lot of people who come to me say, I want to hear more. I want to know more because I really don't know much about the Vietnam War and its people. And people have encouraging me when I give little bits and pieces of talk in Toastmaster. And I always get encouragement and say that your story needs to be told. Get over it and tell us the rest of the story. So uh, it's already planted a, a, a big seed in my head that I need to get it out. But during the pandemic, um, that's when I feel it's time. Hmm. 40 years uh-huh. is a long time to to bear that. And when I read Maya Angelou, that, that quote that there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you, I knew that I need to get that off my chest uh-huh. and uh, get it out. And it was not easy. For, for six months, I, write, I wrote that book. And I think three out of the six months, I was in depression. I was in the bed oh. and call up and cry. I believe it. And, yeah. um, you know, with, with great courage and friends, family support and research, Google's going back and, and pieces all this information together and make it a cohesive story because there's only so much you remember, right? But people were amazed how much of the detail that I remember from mm-hmm. all the way, that book is only a quarter, I mean, a half of my life. I didn't even tell the whole story, the, the rest of, it's only up to 25 years of my life. Mm-hmm. But there's so much. 
And I said that sometimes when emotion triggers so deep, you don't forget. Now I have the permission to forget because now it's in the book. I don't need to register yeah, in my brain. That's a big advantage. So I unload it. Yeah. And and if you read that book, you will see that how my relationship with my dad was really complicated. Um, he's a really great father, but very strict, uh, you know, the typical stereo Chinese men who abide law and don't express his emotion with his kids. And and I find out I'm not alone. I mean, it's like Europeans have the same culture and people here, you know, a lot is, I think it's a generational type of, of thing, <laughs> but, um, but then um, I have a lot of unfinished unconversation with my dad, unfinished business that I feel like I didn't get a chance to, um, be an adult child with him. That sounds so like your next book. Together. Well, yes and no. I think all this talking and all the podcasts, I have really made conversation with my dad. And each time I talk about him, is I feel like you know I'm conversing with him, and, and it's a healing process. And I'm really proud to be his daughter, and I'm really proud that I can share his story. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Well, tell us a few things uh, that people can learn from your memoir. Well, never be afraid of who you are. So I came to this country with a stigma. And I, I always felt like, you know, there's a big stamp on my forehead, say that's refugees and, you know, foreigner and, you know, all those things. But I'm very proud of who I am today. I'm very comfortable to tell people about my vulnerability, the things that I didn't know and still don't know, you know, about the culture of this country. And I am willing to share what I had with me, even little of, of um, as much as I can, you know, being a Chinese slash Vietnamese slash American. So, you know, I was in that teenager transitional stage between 16, 17 and, and coming to this country. That's another mystery. If you read the book, you're going to see why I'm struggle so much with my own identity too. So I'm not going to give it all, but that is a, a one big factor in there. And so writing the book really tell me who I am. I am now be proud of you know, my identity. I'm not mm -hmm. confused. I'm actually grateful for the opportunity that whatever that I have, that many people didn't. Mm -hmm. they, they, they were probably buried underneath the ocean somewhere. Lots but of you took like risks. Me. Yeah. Yes. I think how, does your book, how do you think your book helps close the culture gap and expand on diversity and inclusion? Well, I think a lot of time we are fearful for other people, other race, other culture, because we don't know their story. We don't know who they are intimately. But by sharing story, so now I'm not just any Lee Tran to you. I'm actually somebody that you know who I am. I might be a friend because now, you know, you have heard about my story and 
by doing that, by sharing story with each other, we deepen our relationship. We open up our mind and we bridge that culture gap. You are not afraid of Asian, Chinese, Vietnamese. You know, I'm just as plain and simple as you are. And, you know, I'd love to hear about your story so I can learn something from you. And, and in that sense, we can be all inclusive. We can see each other as a human being, not mm-hmm. as somebody who is a refugee or immigrants or foreigner or, you know, black, white, green, whatever. That's so mm-hmm. important so, these days because there's so much yeah. ignorance and fear in the world today. Exactly. And I think a lot so of take it, away the fear factor. When you yeah. know me, you're not so afraid of me anymore. You know, uh-huh. it's just like, okay, I know her struggle. I know why she's doing what she does, you know. And and to me, the biggest reward about writing this book that my son, who is an American, he born, he was, I mean, he's, my husband is Vietnamese, I'm Chinese, but my son is totally American. He's born in this soil. So he called himself American. Um, and he actually be able to understand who I am and he understand why I raise him the certain way that's different to, to his American friends. What did you do? Well, being different. Chinese mom, you know, just like, you know, certain things like why, why you have a B plus. I know that you can do an A plus, you know, it's just like, and, and certain things that he understands, like why education is so important to me and why, um, why I'm sort of like, so on top of things about him. And he felt like he was not being free, like most of his friends to play game, to do things that, to have certain tools, you know, so he understand my background better. Yeah. And uh, it opened up a lot of dialogue. And That's I think, fabulous. you know, he, yes, yes. He actually did a podcast on me and we have 10 episodes out. Oh, it's really? Family Roots. Yes. Oh, wow. That, say what? Was family Roots. Family Roots. Family Roots. Family Roots. I love that. That's great. We'll, we'll have to listen to that one. Um, tell- yes, uh, we did 10 episodes, but he's so busy now and we didn't even finish the book because he said that he has so many questions. And by doing a podcast, he can help other families that who has that bridge, that, that gap, that they can open a dialogue and, and bridge it together between the generation. And I was grateful that he was able to do that. And how That's old is he doing while he's doing he's, that? He's just 28. He's 28. Oh, oh, wow. yes. That's great. Yeah. So who's the audience? The, who do you think is the audience for your book? And tell us more about why people need to read it. Well, I think the audience is any range from high school to retirement, uh, especially female. I think lots of female um, have that not worthy self-worth of feeling and uh, not having a lot of courage and confidence. And um, this book is written in the voice of a 16-year-old girl who left the country. Oh. And, uh-huh. and so, um, but the underlying is we all need to go back to talk to our 16-year-old self. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. We and sure how do. much we have learned in the journey of our lives that 
we need to take the time and go back and talk to that 16 years old and and see i call it defragmentation like when you have a computer you you have fragmented and it, it does not run smoothly but if you have a time to sit and defragment it and writing a book is almost like defragmenting my story my life and now things you can have extra memory you can run faster the computer is smoother and just like our lives if we don't take the time to defragment it because then we'd be choppy we have all this gap that we don't understand why things happen and mm -hmm. i think this book is uh it's not only an educational is entertaining too because I bring many different culture inside the book that you can actually read and understand why certain race uh, think certain way, and you know I talk about the gratitude of us coming to America and uh, the sponsor uh, sponsor our family was in Minnesota, and mm -hmm. you know how we learn the American culture and those people have given us so much that. There's so much gratitude in me, and I list a lot of story, beautiful story of how Americans share their culture with us, and it it's just a, a I think a book that will not only make you read and appreciate your own story, but you also want to go back and probably write your own story because I have so many fans that write to me and say, you make me think about. The 70s, the 80s, where was I? What was I doing? And I have a story and I need to go back and revisit. I need to talk to my grandma. I need to talk to my mom. Um, I need to understand my culture. So it is a beautiful thing to hear that my story can demonstrate a point that everyone has their own beautiful story and be proud and go back and reconnecting with it and share because that's how we bind to each other and understand each other. Oh yeah, Beautiful. words of wisdom. Tell us, yes. bit, tell us a little bit about your career path because I know you made quite a drastic change along the line there somewhere. Yes, yes. So um, coming to America, I had a dream. I have a big dream just to get my college degree because that's the that's something that I have been yearning for since the day that Vietnam War ended, and I. I got an opportunity to do uh, to finish my college degree, but I didn't know what I wanted to do because I can't speak that well and I didn't write that well. So, um, and my grandmother always said that I had a healing hand. So I wanted to be a pharmacist, but um, the pharmacy school is not in the environment I wanted to. So um, long story short, I picked a chemistry major and I was in the uh, pharmaceutical company doing uh, organic synthesis, like medicinal chemists. So close enough to be a pharmacist, instead of counting pills, I was making pills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was in there for 17 years and um, have some really uh, fun time and good accomplishment. But um, I realized that it wasn't for me. I'm <laughs> a people person. I am curious about what's outside. And I'm not good to be a lab rat, even though I did it for a while and the money was good. My, it gave me time to raise my family. But then uh, I venture out. I raised my hand for a volunteer for a layoff. And I took that severance and have my own company as the interior decorator uh, design for oh. customizing window treatment. Because really? I know how to sew when I was little. So sewing was my passion. 
and fashion with my passion. That's another thing. I didn't think that I could be in the fashion design because I didn't have connection. I don't know anyone in Hollywood. So, you know, it's like all those things that you tell yourself that you're not good enough or you don't have the privilege and you don't have the advantage and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I was a chemist and then I finally decided that, you know, I'm breaking out and I took the risk and plunge and be an interior decorator. And I had my own company for 10 years, which is very successful. And then, um, and then um, I don't want to give away, but, you know, I, I blow out the birthday candle in the year that my dad passed away at that age. And it made me realize that I have to start building my legacy. I need uh -huh. to, to tell the story. So again, I walk out of a prosper business and move to Florida to absorb the sun and trying to find that 16 years old girl. And it took four or five years in order to get her out of my head because thank goodness for the, for the gift of time during the pandemic. Uh -huh. So I'm evolving. I tell people that I'm a metamorphosis. <laughs> I'm keep evolve, and I'm. <laughs> I like that. That's my life. Yes, and uh, I'm not gonna stop evolving. I love the, the 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 title late boomers, and here I am booming every single stage of my life, and I'm loving it. And, uh, and that's know, what our podcast I, is I, about. I, Booming. Yes. <laughs> we love that. We love that for you too, that you're doing all that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And I want people to know that you're never going to be too late to, to rock that boat of booming whatever direction you want to boom. And yeah, so um, true. That's what I'm doing. We'll talk about your life now as a professional speaker. How did that come about? And why did you choose that field after being a chemist and an interior designer? Yes. So I, being an interior designer, I love that gratification about changing people's environment, right? I can, I can produce a place that where it's inviting, it's warm, and, and the family can get together and, and, and enjoy the environment. And I really love that. But then I feel like being a speaker and write my story, I actually can change people's lives, <laughs> not just the exterior, but I can tell people that they too can do whatever they want. And I want to impact in a bigger way because I know, uh, come from a background that um, I'm always high behind somebody. Now I'm actually up in the front and holding the microphone. And that microphone is very powerful to change lives, to impact people, to inspire people so they can see, hey, if that little old lady or girl, whatever, <laughs> uh, one time with a refugee can do it, I can do it too. So I want to give people hope. I want to give people say, don't give up. It doesn't matter what background you're from, um, how unfamiliar is the territory. Just do it. Just do it for you. If you're not doing it for anyone, just do it for you. But then, you know what? Once you do it for you, people, you will attract people and say, hey, you inspire me. I want to do it too. And that's how we're impacting each other. I love and that. I wanted to ask you, what makes your heart sing? That makes my heart sing. When people tell me that I'm going to write a story because, because I read your book and there's hope for me. Um, I, I gave a keynote a couple, two years ago at the Toastmaster conference. And I have many people who gave me, and I just 
every now and then on a rainy day that when you don't trust yourself, when you, you doubt on yourself, go open up something that make you feel confidence again. So I would go back and listen and, and I, I asked him that I can record them. And they say that, you know what, listen to you talk, make me feel like I have the courage to go back and write my own story. That make me sing. That make me feel like oh, I am actually can live a legacy by living something in somebody's heart. Because when my names up, come up, they say, oh, she really inspired me to write my own story. That's oh, what perfect. I want. That's what You're I going perfect. to inspire so many people listening. Lee, what would you have our audience take away from our talk today? I would say don't let any barrier, um, any doubt, any reason that tell you that you're not good enough, you're not ready, you are not worth it. Nobody want to hear it because that's what I used to think. You know, who wants to hear my story? It's just a refugee story. But then my friend came to me and was like, you kidding? I could imagine eating popcorn and watching movie, your movie, yours. So you never know. I mean, your trash can be somebody's treasure. And sometimes we don't think our life is important. And what one phrase that I remember when, when I read uh, Frank McCourt's uh, Angela Ash story, and mm -hmm. he said that, you know, I find the significance of, of my life, you want to say, I find the significance of my insignificant life. Oh, beautiful. Well, beautiful. So everyone have a significant in their life. And I'm lives. sure writing that, people told him, oh, you know, or they may have told him, you know, nobody wants to hear about that because it was so bleak, right? And and you watch his movie, you read his book, and, and so many other books that inspire me, like The Glass Castle. Um, that's another really great book. I love memoir because those are the those are the story that really make me feel like if people can rise from the ashes, so can I. And if I can right. do it, so can you. So don't right. stop. And that's okay. my final word about, you know, just do it. Just do it. Oh, I love <laughs> You're that. You're worth it. I love that. Thank you so much, Lee. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Lee Tran public speaker and author of her memoir, I Did Not Miss the Boat, and she sure didn't. Check out her TEDx talk and visit her website, leetran.com, and that's spelled L-E-A-T-R-A-N, and her name it will always be spelled that way. <laughs> also, <laughs> listen to her thriving conversations on Facebook. Thank you so much, Lee. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on and I'm open to anyone who want to interview me and um, and if they have an organization that needs some uh, inspirational I, I can come in and do a little dancing a little talking oh <laughs> Not perfect really dancing, just, uh, booming. <laughs> booming booming do some booming booming, booming. Thank, you. <laughs> and thank you and we want to remind our listeners that we now have a new YouTube channel the late boomers podcast and don't be confused by our competitors the late bloomers we are booming <laughs> Right, Mary, late boomers. Right, boom, 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 boom. 
<laughs> Please subscribe to that, that channel. Our website is lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and we are on Instagram at late boomers and at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins. We hope you are finding joy and inspiration in our podcasts and that you will subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again, Lee. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.